It's time for Wise Money with Corhorn Financial Group with financial advisors Kevin Corhorn, Mike Bernard, and Josh Gregory. Welcome to another episode of the Wise Money Show with Corhorn Financial Group, where every week we're helping you take your next wise step in your financial life. Thanks for being here, friends. My name is Mike Bernard. I'm your host. I'm also one of the certified financial planners on the program. With me in the KFC studios today, Josh Gregory and special guest, CPA and CFP, Ryan Fair. That's right. There are only a couple of weeks left for you to finalize your tax planning for 2022. Do you know which tax strategies you should be considering or which ones you should let pass by? So Ryan Fair, CPA, is going to be joining us this hour to break down what your tax planning approach should be before the end of the year. I think there's a spectrum of like geekness. I'm excited for the show today. Like, so, yeah, right. So excited to talk about tax stuff. Is the CPA even excited about it? I'm getting there. I'm working my way up. (laughs) CPAs don't get excited about much, actually. (laughs) True story. Most people don't actually admit that they're excited about it. I am. I actually am. We've got several things that we're going to hit today. Ryan's going to help us with that. If you have a question for the program or have some needs in your own life and need some wisdom, we're here to help. You can call our Texas, 574-222-2000. That's 574-222-2000, online, wisemoneyshow.com. This is where you can find us. Reach out to us that way as well. But most people do on social media, YouTube, or wherever you're at. We are there as well. Search The Wise Money Show. All right. So we do a show similar to this every year. Ryan is on a few times a year. This year, it's a little less. It's been a busy, it's yeah. been a busy year. And, uh, and so anyway, but around this time, and really for the past couple of months since the fall began, the... CFPs and CPAs at KFG, we are, there's a lot of uh, initials for you, we've been doing tax planning, which is all about what Josh mentioned, trying to capture opportunities proactively and for the benefit of you paying the least amount of tax over your lifetime, really. And so we're going to get into some of that today with different scenarios because we know how the year has played out. It's been rocky in the markets. Some people are still having a fantastic year financially. Others, it's slow. Others have been laid off, let go, they're reduced hours, all that sort of stuff. But before we get into those scenarios, Ryan, let's talk about what's changed in the taxes for this year. There's not a bunch, but a few biggies. Yeah. yeah the first one I, I'm going to mention, I, I hope I'm not making a mountain out of a molehill. Is that the, the right saying? I don't <laughs> yeah, know. it is. Yep. Uh, so there's something regarding planning for 1099Ks. So 1099K is a form that credit card processors issue to people that are using their services. So a common one would be PayPal um, or any of the other big credit card processors. This year, Congress changed laws where it used to be if you had over 200,000 of transactions went through a credit card processor, they would issue this form to help reconcile the books at the end of the year. This year, they dropped it down to $600. Hmm. So if you are a Joe Blow that's listing stuff on Facebook, uh, just kind of garage sale type items, and people are paying you through Venmo or PayPal or some other middleman like that, you are probably going to get a tax form this year that you have to now reconcile on your tax form. And, okay, so lots of wow. questions here. Yeah. And, and, and I know this is new, yep. so you don't have all the answers. And as we get into the tax season, we'll, we'll probably have some clarity. We'll do a show about this in the yeah. spring and have, have some more clarity once we get some experience on this. But um, you receiving a tax form on this means the IRS is going to receive a tax yep. form. So it's not like, well, I never had to report this in the in the past. Thanks for this piece of paper. I'm going to ignore you. Yep. And still, you may not have any tax taxable income as a result of that. Mm-hmm. But for the uh, matching stuff between the IRS 
systems and your tax return, you've got to get it on your tax return somewhere. So it comes down to what what, what were the items you were selling? You know, what was the money received for? Um, depends what tax form we're going to have to put it on. But now is the time to start planning for that and figure out, oh, shoot, did I sell this stuff? If it was just personal property, just like, so if you're selling your, you know, used lawnmower because you don't need it anymore, um, and it's personal property, if you actually made money on it or had capital gain, you have to report that income. On the flip side, though, if you lost money on it, you're not allowed to claim a loss because it's personal property. Yeah. I actually had a client ask me that just the other day. Yeah. Hey, what if I bought a dining room table for 5000 and we just got rid of it for 500 Do I get a tax write-off there? <laughs> nope. And uh, so you're saying if they had sold that uh, through Facebook Marketplace, yep. received money by Venmo, yep. uh, this client, uh, as long as it was over $600, mm-hmm. they would be receiving a tax form and have to report it because yes. the IRS thinks, you know, if, if they only get that 1099K, the IRS thinks that was all income to you. Yeah, you got to pay tax absolutely. on it. Yep. So you you have to be able to reconcile that or do a calculation essentially on the right forms to prove, no, no, I I didn't uh, make money here. I'm actually losing money on this deal and uh, and, and erase it all. So it's just more paperwork, it sounds like. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay. So, uh, so how do you, do you know how you're going to reconcile that? So, I mean, so in this example where someone, you know, bought the the dining room table for five grand uh, and then sold it for 500 bucks. Yep. Do will they need to list every item out and they say sure better? Really? Yeah. Because it could be so again, our lawnmower example, this guy, you know, if he's in the business of repairing lawnmowers out of his garage, that's a that's yeah. a totally different thing than if his wife used his PayPal account and sold their dining room table for five thousand. Yeah. So you have to separate that out. It's gonna go on separate parts of the tax return. Some of it could wow. be subject to self-employment. Some of it may not be. Um, hey, it, I got a joke for you. Remember when they said you'd be able to do your taxes? On a I postcard? was totally just thinking <laughs> that. Like, what happened to making tax preparation more simple? Yeah. Wait until you see the 2022 tax forms. So well, the IRS has released, released draft forms. There are so many more lines than you've ever seen before on a tax return. Just I, wait. Wow. I told, so wait a second. I, What's my emotion now? I was really excited. <laughs> yeah. Now how do you I'm... feel now, nerd? <laughs> <laughs> okay. Now let's really. Let's, there's a lot of you thinking. Okay. I, I. I'm. I maybe I sold a couple things on Facebook Marketplace, or I don't touch that thing with a ten foot pole, or or whatever. But many of us are using Venmo. Yeah. Or Apple Pay to P to P, where you're you know paying for half the pizza or something yep. like that. That's all. Like so. How how does that work? So when you're paying. Friends, so peer-to-peer like you're mentioning, if it's friends and family payments, that is not supposed to get reported on the 1099K. Supposed to. How would they know? Supposed to. When you you send the money, you can check a box that says if it's friends and family or if it's for goods and services. If it's goods and services, that's what's supposed to get reported. I think my Venmo, I just have an account that's set up where it says friends and family. Yeah. I think the entire account is that way. Yeah. But see, they have know. separate systems for that just because they provide insurance basically on the processing side that a deal goes well yeah. If, yeah. if it's not friends and family. So this could affect almost everybody. Yeah, just about it, everyone. Yeah, yeah. At, at so, any given time, in any given year, right. you may have a transaction that all of a sudden has a new form you've never seen before. What in the world do I do with this? Yep. And 
man, I, I thought that they were moving towards tax returns, getting more and more simple. You can file it yourself. This feels like a major step in the other direction. It is. Yeah. And like I said, I, this is going to be our first year with it. So I'm anxious to see how it turns out, but I think it's going to be a big deal for everybody. Yeah. Okay. So if you happen to be using one of these services mm -hmm. for peer to peer, person to person, and you get one of these 1099Ks, mm -hmm. what do you do? I mean, I would start a little Excel, Excel spreadsheet. You mm -hmm. can probably do a download of all, all your of your transactions, transactions and start picking them out, see what's for what. Yeah. And it's so funny that the CPA's mind goes straight to the spreadsheet. Well, yeah. <laughs> so, so I did, we did can, a... Can you do a notebook? I mean, can you just <laughs> jot this down? I mean, what... Who Depends knows how many what transactions gonna, you had? What you're going to receive <laughs> at tax time? Right? This yeah. came out in the spring or early summer, and I remember we did a Wise Money YouTube video about this, and that was the thing: just download your transactions. Mm -hmm. All of these apps basically have transactions. Is this connected in any way to there was murmurs about looking at bank account records as well? Is this is that a totally separate thing than this? Because there was rumor around the same time about government peering into bank accounts and seeing where you sent money and, and if, having a ledger for that. If you're ever audited, they that's one of the first things they look at is your all your bank accounts, every transaction. Uh, so here's your reminder, if you have a business, keep separate accounts for your business or personal. Mm -hmm. I had a client that was depositing birthday presents you know, that his grandparents gave him into his checking account that he also had a little Schedule C. The auditor picked all of that up as income because he couldn't prove that it was a birthday present. Well, and so it was, yeah. So yeah. they always look at bank accounts and audit situation. Yeah. Okay. So I, we are all going to be impacted by that 1099K. <laughs> yeah. And so uh, definitely important that you're aware of that. And and just like Josh said, I would want to, <laughs> to me, I would want to make sure that you've got someone or an entire team in your corner that can help you with all of that. Okay. What else is changing? Is there any good news? And then what about cer certain scenarios? If you're in retirement, approaching retirement, it's been a great year. It's been a rough year. What are some of the tax planning strategies you should consider? That and more coming up on The Wise Money Show with Corhorn Financial Group. This is Wise Money with Corhorn Financial Group. What's changing in the tax laws this year that you need to be aware of so that you're not caught off guard uh, at tax time, but also so that you can plan ahead? We're hitting that right now. This is The Wise Money Show with Corhorn Financial Group. Thanks for being here. My name is Mike Bernard with me in the KFT studios Josh Gregory and special guest CPA Ryan Fair breaking down everything that's changed and helping us with with tax planning. If you uh, stay, if you want to stay up to date on all Wise Money content, find us online wisemoneyshow.com, and uh, and you can submit questions there that way. Learn more about the show, all that sort of stuff, and then all over social media, wherever you're at, we are there as well. Okay, Ryan, the biggie. We we started with what's changing this year and 1099ks. Any person-to-person -person or online sort of transaction through credit card processor, Venmo, or anything like that, over 600 bucks, uh, if it's not easily distinguishable or already marked person-to-person, peer-to-peer, you're going to get a tax form for it. It's going to be a bloody mess. Um, what else is changing this yeah, year? They, they did change the child tax credit back to the way it was before last year. So last year was a one-year anomaly where they increase the amount of the child tax credit from 2000 per child to 3000 or 3600 per child. However, 
And they also made it available last year if you were 17, yep, but not of, yet 18. Yep. If you were 17, then you got it. Mm-hmm. But now it's reverting back. Yep. So it goes back to the Sheesh. old rules. So uh, <laughs> that's unbelievable. Underage so 17, dumb. and the credit is now back to 2,000. So it for the majority of people, it won't be a a huge change. But there, I mean, last year was a mess because some people got the prepayment for the child tax credit other people didn't mm-hmm. and all of that got reconciled on the actual tax return this year's kind of back to the old old standard you know so ryan we i mean we did my return together yeah and we got it right and i still got one of the letters from the irs saying you might be missing out on some of these benefits so you should look at this <laughs> oh my goodness yep so what a I, okay so i'll tell you right now if you have kids you're going to pay more in taxes this year. I mean, child tax credit was three grand or 3600 if they were younger than six. And for whatever reason, child tax credit, for as long as I've been in this industry, which we all started about the same time, mm-hmm. um, as soon as that child turns 17, you, you, well, no, longer, lost it. you right. no longer get this child tax credit. Yep. Well, last year they moved it to what makes sense as soon as they turn 18. Right. But now it reverts back. Yep. And that's because when they put that offer in place, it was just a one-time special deal. They weren't permanently changing the laws. So when the deal expired, everything just went back to how it's always been. And obviously the hope politically was that they would have some time to get it made more permanent, right? Well, and build back better. And then it didn't get get through. So, all right. What else? Uh, Related to that, child independent care credit. So this is the kind of daycare credit. So if you're paying to have your child go to daycare while you go to work or school. Uh, last year, that credit skyrocketed. They, they made it like $8,000 per child of qualifying expenses up to two children, 16000 This mm-hmm. year, it goes back to the same old rules, which is 3000 for one child, 6000 for two or more. And mm-hmm. so the credit is kind of, again, reverting back to what it was in prior years. And the credit, it, it's stair-step. And so if you meet certain criteria, then the credit's 50%, but no one, like we've talked about this plenty of times, no one can meet that criteria, by the way. It's impossible. Yeah. If your income is that low, you aren't working full time and therefore you you can't. Sending your kids to daycare. Right. right. And so, but most people get a 20% uh, credit. Last year, I think people got more than that on Mm -hmm. average. So yeah, that's a big change. Uh, what else? So if you got, so what's the moral of the story? If you got, uh, if you're a family, you got kids, you're going to pay more tax. Uh, see, I, I would have said the moral of the story is, uh, you're, you guys are just giving more and more examples of why it's important every single fall to be running a tax projection. Yeah. Because you, you think about all of these different ages that suddenly cause you to no longer get a tax benefit. There are uh, income thresholds that you have to stay under in order to qualify for all these different tax benefits. And uh, if your life is like most people, it changes a little bit from year to year. And it turns out that every year we're all getting a little bit older, right? And mm-hmm. those kids at home, they're getting a little bit older. And before you know it, uh, you, you suddenly are dropping uh, child tax credits, and that's a $2,000 swing. Or if it happened for you last last year, what's that? 1500 True. Yeah, because they would still qualify yeah. for a 500 that's qualify, fair. yeah. All right, you got me. Yeah. Uh, the, the point, though, is there are a lot of moving parts on your tax return. And so, I, I don't know, Ryan, I know a big part of the work that your team does this time of mm-hmm. year is to help people just be forecasting, where am I going to land this year and how will it be different from, from last year? And maybe more importantly, 
what can I do to change it? So yep. these are just good examples, in my opinion. All right, what else, Ryan? Oh, we got a couple I'd more. Say, yeah, one other I'd, I'd uh, remind people, uh, coronavirus-related distributions. So back in 2000? 2020. Yeah, well, yeah, that's, that's what I meant. Era. I got it. Yep. <laughs> it's 2000, a little flashback. Yeah, so yeah, 2020, uh, you were allowed to take money out of your retirement plan and not pay tax. or you, you could defer the tax over three years and basically report a third of it each year. But you had 36 months from the date of the original distribution to repay the money. And so we're coming up on that this this upcoming year. Yeah. Be mm-hmm. thinking if you could repay it. If you could repay it, all or, all or part of it, you can go back and amend tax returns and remove that off of those years and mm-hmm. it's it's a big deal we've so. had a couple where that has made sense oh yeah and uh that's something to consider and the other one this is t- small potatoes but that little universal charitable deduction mm-hmm. that thing's gone that it was a two-year thing and it was pretty pretty small yep yeah so all right well let's get into a couple scenarios here and one thing i know about uh the financial world this year you know it too it's been a volatile year in the markets and whether you now look and say oh I'm, I'm, you know, I'm doing better. Or if you're still thinking, boy, I'm a lot worse than I was, right? So markets have been volatile. This is a feature. It's not a bug. Every time is a little unique. And yet every time we know, or or we always know that there's going to be seasons like this. When we are in these seasons, I often say, how do you make lemonade out of the lemons? Mm -hmm. What are the tax planning opportunities or strategies to consider during a volatile market? Uh, you know, to me, my mind goes first and foremost to the Roth conversion. We talk about that a lot on the show. We love the Roth IRA when it's used appropriately and in the right scenarios. But um, think about this. So uh, if you're not familiar with the Roth conversion, this is taking money that you've already accumulated in a traditional IRA, meaning that this is this is money that you will someday pay tax on the growth, maybe even on the contributions when you pull it out in retirement. And uh, the, the thought is, well, what if I did that early? What if I pulled the money out now and moved it into a Roth IRA where it will then grow tax-free forever? All the growth, all the accumulation over years into the future, it will not be taxed. Well, you think about when would be a good time to do that. It is when the market is down, right? Mm-hmm. When, mm-hmm. when your investments are temporarily uh, down in value and you can pull, yes, some compressed dollars out of the IRA, pay tax on those smaller dollars, get them into the Roth IRA, and then let the rebound happen in a tax-free environment. Man, what a what a powerful tool. I, I do consider that making lemon aid out of lemons. Yeah. That's right. Yeah. I mean, the we don't know how long temporary is, right? But, but you know this, if you've been a fan of the Wise Money Show, a year ago, we were saying, yeah, I don't know. Markets seem expensive. <laughs> I, I don't know how long this is going to last. Market seems, and, and yet, all of us emotionally as investors were like, yeah, I hear you, and yet, let's you know, party on, Wayne. Um, and now, <laughs> now, we look and say, well, it's not like markets are cheap, but they are cheaper. There's no question about it. They are cheaper, and I'm not just saying that because the value is down. And yet, we, we look at that, and we feel like, oh, gosh, this is not a good time to invest. Nope. Right now is a better time to invest than even a year ago. Right. It might not feel like it, and it might get worse before it gets better. We don't know how long it's going to last, blah, blah, blah. But markets are cheaper today. Well, and the other thing that may have been affected by this economic decline is your own income. 
right? You may have yeah. more room within the tax bracket to do some of these strategies where may- maybe you've looked at it in the past and you said, ah, you know, if I do a Roth conversion, it's all going to be in a higher tax bracket. Like it's going to cause me to, to leap into the next um, tier, if you will. Well, maybe you have more room to do some of that Roth conversion just because income is off a little bit this yeah, year. Yeah, you didn't get that bonus that you th- thought you were going to get or, or or whatever because the market's gotten a little weird. Ryan, I'm not going to let you talk uh, yet. Okay. <laughs> but, uh, Roth conversion, I, I, I mean, you have to consider it. You have to. It, and this is why we are going to recommend all at all times working with a certified financial planner who's doing comprehensive financial planning. Because if you're just talking to someone about your investment, should I make any changes? Uh, but they're not talking to you about some wise tax strategies like a Roth conversion, you're working with the wrong folks. I'll just just say that. So Roth conversion is one of them. There's more. What other tax planning opportunities do you need to consider right now? We've got that more coming up on the Wise Money Show with Corhorn Financial Group. This is Wise Money with Corhorn Financial Group. Everything's confidential, but I, I did a Roth conversion this year. I did it, Ryan. When we do my taxes, we need to know that. I did a Roth. Hey, should, should you do a Roth conversion this year? You still have time. Okay, we're going to talk about that. But there's also other tax strategies you need to consider. We'll help with that right now. This is the Wise Money Show with Corhorn Financial Group. Thanks for being here. My name is Mike Bernard. With me in the KFU studios, Josh Gregory, special guest CPA, Ryan Fair. Every episode of the Wise Money Show is on podcast, wherever you listen. Search the Wise Money Show and listen to it there. Listen when you're walking around and... Oh, doing the holiday shopping, just throw those earbuds in. It's going to tell the public, don't talk to me. And you also <laughs> well, get some wise financial habits going on in, in your ear. So uh, no, anyway, those are just us introverts that think like that. Uh, well, if I put that in, no one will talk to me. I thought so. you were saying that you only listen to the show when you're grouchy <laughs> and you won't be left alone. <laughs> I'm always grouchy, sort of like the Hulk. So, uh, all right. So what, uh, what tax planning strategies should you consider in a volatile year in the markets? One is the Roth conversion. Like I mentioned, Josh, we didn't mention last time, there's a deadline to do that. Yeah, and you kind of uh, hinted at this as you were explaining your own Roth conversion and, and everything. That You have to do this during the calendar year. So this opportunity, this, this option on the table, it goes away at the end of December 31st, right? Yep. So a, a lot of people ask that question. Um, you, you may be familiar with the fact that there are other ways to get money into a Roth IRA, and that's through a contribution that you can do up until your tax filing deadline, which is April 15th. But the Roth conversion has to be done in the calendar year. So, uh, you know, you've got a narrow window of time. Hopefully this has already been on your radar screen and you've been, um, you know, discussing this with your CPA. But if not, you, you still have time. And, and it's going to be taxable income. And if right. you're not yet 59 and a half, you've got to be careful about withholding on that. Mm-hmm. I, I, you want to share how that works, Ryan, real quick? I mean, if you're yeah, not... So, so, yeah, if you're under 59 and a half, the actual conversion part, so the, the money that literally moves from the traditional IRA into the Roth IRA, all of those dollars are taxable but penalty-free, so no 10% early distribution penalty. However, if you say we're converting $50,000 and you withheld $10,000 to pay federal and state taxes. That means only 40000 is actually hitting the Roth IRA, which means that 40000 avoids the 10% penalty. That $10,000, even though it went to the federal government for withholdings, that is subject to early distribution penalty. Isn't yeah. that funny? They'll yeah. penalize you even though you, you're Pay sending them. the money to exactly. them. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. 
Uh, mm. Tax loss harvesting. It seems like we were just talking about capital gain harvesting, hmm. and now we're talking about tax loss harvesting. And this is another strategy to make some lemonade out of lemons. Ryan, how's that work? Yeah. So uh, this is for non-retirement related accounts. We call them non-qualified accounts, just plain old brokerage accounts, possibly, or uh, individual stocks or mutual funds that you own outside of a retirement plan. That Robinhood account. Yep. That uh, is it. Too early. That FTX. Yeah. That's too early. Yeah. So. So so yes, all of those accounts, uh, you can sell those holdings at a loss. That you can subtract losses from any capital gains that you may have, and you can use up to three thousand dollars of loss each year to offset your other ordinary income. And and so this is the thing. And and you might say, well, gosh, I don't I didn't want that loss. I I know. I, yeah. yeah, that wasn't the intent. But this can be a benefit by wiping out your capital gain. That can keep you in a lower tax bracket, reduce your AGI, increase tax credits, all that sort of stuff. And then if you have enough loss to wipe out all of the other gains that you might have, that $3,000 deduction then is against ordinary income. Yep. Mm -hmm. So it actually, if you're in the 22% tax bracket, 24% tax bracket, something like that, that's actually saving you that much in mm -hmm. tax. Um, any unused will carry forward to the next year. And yep. again, because you've got this type of account, hopefully there will be capital gains, future capital gains right. that you can use this loss to offset. So how do people know what they can take that loss on? Because you know, in the earlier segment, I was telling about a client who, you know, Bought the dining room table for mm. five thousand, but they sold it for five hundred. They lost forty five hundred dollars worth of of benefit there yeah. throughout you know the life of the the dining room no, table. They but didn't. they used it. This yeah. is like they, they used forty five hundred dollars. <laughs> <laughs> Hopefully, they ate every meal morning. Yeah. You use lunch. your dining room table? No, I don't know. Oh, yeah. We use it for storage. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, no, but you know you don't get to take a tax deduction right for right. for those types of right. items. So nothing personal property related stuff, but any investment related property is what we're talking about. Mm -hmm. So it. could could be a uh, investment, how like a, a rental property or something like yep, that. Now that be. one's a little yeah, bit more that's complicated. Opens a whole different. Um, but basically anything that you bought for the purpose of watching it appreciate in value, if it went the other direction on yes. you, there could be a tax uh, saving to you. Correct. Good. And so also crypto, you, uh -huh. you made a joke mm. about crypto, but Crypto had a rough year this year. Um, maybe they? time to yeah. I don't know if you've heard that or not, but yeah. Um, it, so yeah, it's been rough. It, the market has been the stock market's been rough, but crypto's been rougher. Yeah, if that's a word. <laughs> yeah. um, it, I know it's not a word, but uh, think about cashing out some of that stuff too. And then also pay attention to something called wash sale rules. Yeah. So just look that up if you're thinking about selling. Uh, stuff and then rebuying it after you capture the loss. Yeah. And the basic concept is that if you sell something, you have to be out of it for 30 days for it yes. to be counted as a real sale. Right. You can't just hop out and then instantly hop back into the same investment Correct. and generate the, the loss. And you can't be too smart. If you've got cash, you can't buy the investment and then sell the one with a loss. It actually works 30 days in both directions, believe it or not. So anything else to make lemonade out of some lemons here, volatile markets, things to consider? Nah. All right. So <laughs> so let's pivot then. Okay. Now we're at this inflection point within the economy. Now, are we seeing an economic slowdown? Yes. Is it universal across all industries? No, it's not. 
um, in our backyard here, even Elkhart County RV, you know, that you're seeing less hours um, or, or maybe there's been layoffs, right? And other areas have been impacted as well. So it's either been a fantastic year financially for you, or it's been a rougher year. So depending on which camp you're in, you might want to be aware or attuned to different tax strategies. Let's start with the camp of, hey, it's been a good year. It's been another good year. We're still rocking and rolling with all this $5 trillion that was printed. What, what sort of tax strategies should you consider if it's, been, if it's been a good year? You know, I had a client who would fall into this camp uh, just this week. And, um, you know, it's, yeah, he's been blessed. He happens to be in an industry that's really thriving right now. And uh, he would say he's having one of his best years ever. Hmm, awesome. um, but w- what that means is his tax picture is going to be very different than what it has in the past. And so, you know, we were having conversations just like this about, well, what are the things that he could still be doing before the end of the year? And one of the ideas that came up was, well, paying himself a bonus before the end of the year so that he can finish maxing out his 401k. You know, he's got the extra cash flow to be able to do it. And so why not take the uh, the full tax deduction in this calendar year? Uh, his wife happens to be um, on salary within his business as well. She helps out. And so same program. You know, they can both be maxing out retirement plans. Not a lot of time to get that done. And obviously, there's some logistics to work out on getting the payroll um, changed and, and all that. But this is this is one of the beauties of being a business owner is you, you yeah. do have some big buckets available to you as far as contribution limits and, and things like that. I think there's the, if that's you and your business is still thriving or your industry is still thriving, then you're probably in a cyclical type of business. And you might still be kind of coming off of, oh, things were tight two years. Things were worse for me two years ago. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I, I see this a lot where during that time, you might have reduced your retirement contributions or whatever. And now it seems very different to say, no, 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 let's stuff as much money in here as possible be, to, to offset income. And you've got a month left. Not everyone gets to decide when they get a bonus and how much, right. but you <laughs> can decide right now, okay, I got two paychecks left. Increase my 401k contributions to 50% to make sure I hit that. And isn't it cool that the same strategy that helps you from a tax standpoint is also a wonderful time to be investing right now? Yeah. And and that's the other piece is kind of uh, sorting through all the emotions like, yeah. oh, won't I just be throwing money down the drain these <laughs> days? No, you are buying in at better levels today than you were a year ago. Yeah. Yep. Uh, go ahead. So, I, so, I was just going to say, similar story for health savings account contributions. Mm-hmm. So, you can fund those through the end of the year, actually through April 15th, your your deadline. But if you do it through payroll, that has to be done by the December 31st. So yeah. go for it. And doing it through payroll gives you a little extra benefit. Yep. It avoids that four-letter F word, FICA. Uh, <laughs> and depending on what your income is, that's either going to help avoid 7.65% of tax or it's going to avoid 1.45. But still, it's going to give you a little extra tax savings than it would, you know, than a regular HSA contribution would write out, uh, you know, out of the checking account. So there's a few other things. If it's been a good year, there's a few other things that you need to be aware of. And then what about if it hasn't been a good year? Hours been cut, incomes down. What should you be considering? We've got that more coming up on the Wise Money Show with Corhorn Financial Group. This is Wise Money with Corhorn Financial Group. What are some tax planning strategies that you need to consider if it's been a great year financially or it 
has been a rough year financially. We're helping with that right now. This is the Wise Money Show with Corhorn Financial Group. Thanks for being here. My name is Mike Bernard. With me in the KFG studios, Josh Gregory, special guest Ryan Fair. Every episode of the Wise Money Show is on the YouTube channel. Go check it out if you've missed anything today. I was I was excited about the show. <laughs> then Ryan ruined it with yep. the very first topic. But we were talking about what's changed in your in the tax code that's going to impact you. If you missed that, you got to go back and listen so that you're prepared. Uh, go to YouTube, search the Wise Money Show, and turn on notifications. And because we drop a lot of content there in addition to the talk show, so make sure you go check that out. All right. So in the camp where it's been a good year, where income's still riding high, you're in an industry that's still uh, progressing despite some of the economic slowdown we're seeing, what other financial or tax strategies do you need to consider this year? So yeah, from the business standpoint, always consider looking at any uh, upcoming equipment purchases and see if it makes sense mm-hmm. to pull those purchases into uh, the current year instead of waiting until January, February. This is this is a topic for an entire show, but depending on the type of equipment, you've got to, you can't deduct it. You've got to have it placed in service date. In mm-hmm. service, yep. That's. But some of the equipment or things that you would purchase, you can still write off fully. It's just tricky. Right. Okay. So, so it does need to be placed in service uh, for the Section 179, yeah, so it's got to yeah. be placed in service. Yeah. Uh, there's special rules surrounding uh, vehicles as well, right? Mm-hmm. Like your ability to write that entire thing off has to do with like the Probably weight of weight, the vehicle yeah. and, and stuff like that. 6,000 pounds. And, yeah, it's yeah. A- but right now, if you're, if you're looking at the economy and you run a business and you're looking and saying, man, mm, still a pretty good year. Well, but you look around and say, I don't know. Other people, it's slowing down. Or my orders, yeah, I'm still booked out through June, but it might slow down after that. You, that means it might not be as great of a tax yeah. year or or profitable year next year. It is this year, so pull expenses into this year. Right. Yeah, and I always tell people don't you know don't just go buy something for the tax deduction. That's right. That's not the point. Right. Uh, but if it's something that's on the radar that you're going to be buying anyways, you know, if this is a great year profit wise, uh, bad year tax wise then pull it into this year and mm-hmm. take the deduction this year. Yeah, but the point, though, is you're making a good business decision right. first, not letting the tax tail exactly. wag the dog, yep. so to speak. And, you know, if, if you had two printers and a third one would really help you, you know, uh, gain more market share, do more work for customers, that sort of thing, great, great investment. But don't do it just because there's a tax write-off potentially uh, attached to that. Right. Another thing that I I put on the list is you're in charitable planning. So there's lots mm-hmm. of planning to do with if this is a great year, you know, maybe you should be bunching your charitable contributions, do multiple years at once, or um, consider if anybody still has any highly appreciated stock, that is a good, you know, a good way to give to your favorite charities or possibly to a donor advised fund. Mm-hmm. You can you can crank money into those funds today or before the end of the year and use that for future contributions. There's there's great planning opportunities there. Yeah, that may be a concept that not a lot of people have heard of before. Yeah. The the donor advised fund. We talk about it from time to time on the mm-hmm. show, but basically this is a, a charitable account that you could transfer uh, assets into or or cash, sure. either one. And the, the idea is maybe you're giving it to this charitable entity so you get the tax write-off in that year that you make the contribution, but then it stays in the account 
and you uh, use that account basically to fund future gifts. Yeah. Maybe you do all the gifts at once. Maybe you spread them out over a period of time. But one of our favorite ways to use this is with those highly appreciated investments. Yeah. And you might be saying, well, appreciation, man, I haven't made any money this year. <laughs> but you may be holding something that you've owned for right. years and years, and clearly over the past decade, it has run up in value significantly. And there may be you know, a pretty substantial tax bill attached to that if you were to sell it. Well, what if it wasn't you that sold it? What if it was a charity or this charitable type of fund called a, a donor-advised fund? You can avoid being taxed on the sale. You can get it into this account, let it be sold there where it's safe. There's no tax ramifications to you. And now it funds future gifts a- along the way. Everybody wins except the uh, IRS. Uh, my favorite. That, that yeah. is a fun gun- game to play, right? Yeah. I'd say another one that I had down um, before the end of the year, make sure you're looking at your 529 contributions. So Indiana, we have a wonderful tax credit. Uh, you can fund that up until the end of the year, December 31st, um, but those have to be in for 2022 contributions. They have to be in by by that date. It's getting and, wonderfuler. Yeah, and say make mm-hmm. sure you're planning ahead for next year too because it's going from first $5,000 that qualifies, qualifies for the credit up to the first $7,500 that contrib- of contributions that qualify for the credit. So yep. start planning for that. Um, something weird that I'll throw into this category, um, even if it is a great year, you may want to consider waiting until next year for any big energy-efficient improvements for your home. Interesting. Oh. So that's one of the big uh, tax law changes that's kicking in next year is the energy-related credits. So everything from insulation, windows, doors, you know, those types of uh, HVAC equipment, you may want to wait and push that off until next year if possible. So mm. obviously HVAC, you may not... Uh, yeah, I was going to say, <laughs> don't <laughs> freeze your getting pretty cold here. <laughs> down to hey, we're going to burn the Christmas tree this year. <laughs> like before the 25th. Yeah. So, so some of that stuff, you know... Uh, May not be the best planning opportunity, but windows, doors, you usually have some flexibility on that stuff. Insulation, wait until next year. There's some there's some big credits coming through that are going to really help out. Yeah. Interesting. All right. And make sure you're doing your tax estimates. If it's been a good year, don't you know, sure. avoid some penalty there. Make sure that you're in, in safe harbor. Work with your CFP and CPA on that. All right. Let's pivot. We know we. it hasn't been a great year for lots of people. Mm-hmm. Lots of people. It's sort of this shock. Oh. Prices are still going up, but my income is down. Yeah. And so what do you do from a tax standpoint? Well, I, I would pick right back up where you just left off. You said if it's been a great year, make sure that your quarterly estimates are being paid. And especially that fourth quarter estimate, make sure you kind of true up and try to get yourself to a safe harbor, that kind of thing. But there are some folks, unfortunately, the year started out great and it's been just a slow, steady decline ever since. And maybe the second half of this year... Uh, it has been really painful mm-hmm. uh, from a, from a financial standpoint or an income standpoint. And if that's the case, you, you know you you may need to or you may want to back off on those quarterly estimates. And yeah. again, this is where you don't want to be sending money just indiscriminately off to the government just because you know, well, eventually I'll get that back if I right. overpaid, right? And it it feels like more and more people are seeing delays on refunds uh, these days. Yeah. 
And uh, so, so it's almost, it feels like the government is kind of holding your money hostage on I, you. You know, the 1099Ks are going to help with that, <laughs> I think. <laughs> if yeah. it was bad before, just wait till people have to reconcile, uh, yeah. reconcile all their Venmo. It'll make it easier. Sure. <laughs> Sure. Yeah. Another thing, we've been talking about capital loss harvesting. If your income is down this year and you do have gains on stuff, maybe a good time to sell some of the, the holdings that you do have gains on. You could end up paying 0% long-term yeah. capital gains on those uh, sales. So it's something definitely to consider. If your income's down, uh, the Roth conversion, like we talked yep. about earlier, um, inviting a little bit of future income that you're going to have to report on your tax return at some point. I mean, that's the weird thing with the Roth conversion. Sometimes we explain it to people and they say, well, I don't want to do that. I, I don't I don't want to pay tax on this money. I know you're going to have to. Yeah. So mm -hmm. should you this year? Um, so that Roth conversion, and again, you're going to want to make sure there's a withholding strategy with that as well. And overall, oh, go ahead, Ryan. No, no, go ahead. Roth, Roth, con Roth contribution makes more sense. When your income's down and possibly you're in a lower tax bracket, funding Roth makes more sense. Also, advantage Roth when the markets are down. Yeah. Uh, we did a previous show just fairly recently where we were talking about the saver's credit also. And if your income is artificially low this year just because maybe you didn't get the hours that you typically would, there was some sort of interruption to your income, that kind of thing, you may suddenly become eligible for something that has never been on your radar before. Maybe you've never qualified because your income's always been too high. And these are the types of ideas, like the proactive planning that your certified financial plan or your CPA should be able to collaborate with you on as long as you get in and you're having these conversations early enough, yeah. right? Yeah. So just be aware. Sometimes a, a year can feel pretty crummy, and all of a sudden there's some, some benefits that come to you that take a little bit of the sting out. Uh, it's been an ero emotional roller coaster for me. I was riding high. <laughs> Ryan, you cut me down, yep, but I, yep. I'm feeling good now. Ryan, all right. I, hey. always enjoy having you on the show. Yep, a lot of a wisdom. Blast. So, all right, that's all the time we have for today. On behalf of Josh Gregory, Ryan Fair, all of us at Corhorn Financial Group, have a great weekend. We'll see you next Saturday for the Wise Money Show with Corhorn Financial Group. Self. Could you imagine <laughs> the tax form where you've got this schedule? I'm just picturing the schedule where you've got all these transactions, and instead of words, you've got emojis. Pizza. A little rounded lawnmower. Lawnmower. Yep. <laughs> Right. Oh, geez. That'd be awesome. Two beer bottles clinking or yep. something like that. Whatever it is. Securities offered through Silver Oak Securities, member FINRA slash SIPC. Advisory services offered through KFG Wealth Management, LLC. Doing business as Corhorn Financial Group. KFG Wealth Management, LLC and Silver Oak Securities Incorporated companies are unaffiliated.